Hello, hello, hello. You're supposed to be able to hear yourself in this like a little bit. Is it the right sample rate, buffer size, mm. all that shit? Well, it's recording. But it could be just hearing us, not through the mic. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, I think I did. Uh, it seems better. Uh, uh, yeah, I think it's better. I mean, I can just see it. Like, hello, hello. I can't. I'm not hearing the feedback. Uh, uh, <laughs> you did that one louder. <laughs> did Do you have a plug for this? Oh yeah, that's right here. Hello. Oh, there's two. Oh, now, yeah, now you can see two. Hello. Well, I guess we're starting from here. I'll go and edit it if. We could start over. It doesn't matter. Well, I I'll just send this to you. Yeah, and then I'll edit it or trim it or whatever. Okay. First. Just hold this like this. <laughs> cool. Cool. Let me I turn that down or this one doesn't oh it's because you're not talking, that's why. Hello. This will just be uh the tuning episode. Yeah. <laughs> episode of oh, tuning. That changed me. I heard I sound different now. Yeah, I think oh. I can lower it or. Wow. Here. Oh, no, that's me. Sorry. <laughs> Here you go. Now you're really loud. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Hmm. So, this is me interviewing you. Yep. Okay. So, where do we start? You You already went over. How you got into your your field? At some point, you have to do the like, "Hey, who are you and who am I?" Yes, that's. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna like cut this up and do a bunch of editing later with it. Yeah, okay. eventually. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Hello, this is I, Isaiah Smith. <laughs> Hi, I'm Angela. Should I say my last name? Sure. I guess. Hi, I'm Angela Taylor. There you go. What's your uh, profession? I'm an electrical engineer um, by degree, and my current role is as an avionics and integration and test engineer for Spaceflight Inc. Very nice. So what is that, uh, I guess, run through the basics, uh, what does that entail um, for the most? I feel like I should turn, no, can you hear me? I feel like I'm a little quieter than you, like you're a little bit louder. They're both at the same. The, you're just a re- really loud person. I yeah. Well, I'm also deaf in one ear, so I <laughs> <laughs> just shout everything. Yeah. Uh, it's so, okay. It's so people will be that loud with me, so I yeah. can hear them. Um. Okay. So I guess I I think I should start with what my company does because what I do depends on what my company does. Yes. Um. So my company does launch services for satellites on rockets. Um. 
it's a really interesting niche that's kind of new in the field um, because it used to be a long time ago that there were only essentially like NASA and Soyuz and maybe China had their own um, I don't know what the China one is just government yeah whatever yeah so it used to be that it was only a few very few rocket companies um, or corporations whatever um, and only really big satellites went up like a lot of the stuff or even like you know Mars rovers and things like that just really really huge things and then they started getting CubeSats right or now yeah so now I don't know which came first um, the different rocket companies or the, the smaller satellites but it's evolved over time so that now there's like maybe a dozen different rocket companies all around the world and a lot of them <clears throat> can only carry much smaller payloads uh, and so yeah there's a lot of nanosats cubesats um, some of them are as small as you know a shoebox or even smaller than that as, as, as big as this this container here uh -huh. um, some are like super tiny they're like not even as big as your hand right? yeah yeah some of them are really small and so People can't. So one of the one of the well-known um, rocket companies we work with a lot is SpaceX, and currently a let's say that you are a satellite owner or you have a business that makes satellites, you can go directly to SpaceX and you can buy a launch on a SpaceX rocket. Um, if your if your satellite's really small. They actually have just updated things because of what my company does, but it used to be you'd probably have to have a dedicated ride just for your satellite. And if it's a small satellite and a launch for a SpaceX rocket is like $10 million and that's really cheap, then it's it's not a really great uh, sort of investment of your money. It's really expensive. Um, so what we have done is we would, and, and we've done this before, we will buy a whole ride on like a SpaceX Falcon 9 rocket and then we will split that up into smaller pieces and we will share we will sell off smaller chunks of that so we're kind of like the bus that goes to space and you can buy a ride on our bus um, so you guys buy like 12 slots or something and then well, some we would buy we there's like different ways to partition it but so I'll just refer to one of the biggest launches we did that happened um, like nine months after I was hired um, uh, the launch was uh, called SSOA. It was a big deal for SpaceX as well because it, at the time it was the largest amount. We had 64 different satellites that we launched. Um, and so what we did is we bought the capacity and that's a particular, you know, like cubic feet or whatever. It's like particular dimensions and particular weight and then a particular amount of like electrical signals for all the deployments and everything like that. And then we is did the, all... Go ahead. Is the price based off mostly the weight? Like how much they're launching into space um, with the with the rocket company? The, uh, so it, I'm not sure how their new platform is going, so I'll just refer to what was true for at least this launch. And at this point, it was you buy a ride, you get the whole thing, and it's a particular price, and it was a set price. Um, and you can't go over a particular, like, you're very constrained. They'll, they'll just put the constraints on and say you can't be bigger than this size because you won't fit in our, you know, fairings. And you can't be over a certain weight because then the rocket won't take off. Um, and then, so what we did for this particular launch is we bought that whole space and then we subdivided it out, sold it to all different customers 
and and at a in a relatively cheap price, like the cheapest that was on the market at the time, and might still be the case, because we're able to do this sort of piecemeal deal. Um, that if you add up enough of these small pieces, it it still is a decent a decent price. Um, so we've been able to work with um, some of the people that were on the launch were like uh, university students, even like middle school students. Um, somebody launched a bunch of ashes into space. Somebody wanted to do an experiment with tomatoes growing. Uh, some There was an artist who launched like a trophy, I think of themselves maybe, out into space. <laughs> like why not, you know? It really like opened the doors for all sorts of people because you could do a lot smaller things. But then that means that what we have to do is integrate all of the, like we have to do all the logistics of what each of these customers needs in order to launch. And there's a lot of things that go into that. Um, because let's say for this launch, this SSOA launch, SSOA is sun synchronous orbit and then dash A was just like the first one that we did. But a lot of times when people launch, they are launching to a specific altitude and uh, like um, a particular orbit. Um, there's some orbits that might go just around the equator or there's some that go pole to pole and sun synchronous is a particular one that like happens to be at the same spot every day and it kind of moves with the sun so that let's say you want to take a picture of Florida and this satellite will be over Florida at 3 p.m. every day and it will stay on track with where the earth and the sun is. Um, so in order to make it so that certain satellites are always over Florida you would have to like spread them out by hour or by if you were to like try and make like an internet system um, so first of all you have to put it in the right orbit that would do that and that is this SSO orbit um, the sun synchronous orbit is a particular orbit um, but then that's where it comes into some of the stuff that we would do so let's say we had this Falcon 9 launch in a sun synchronous orbit and it launches out this one launched from Vandenberg in California um, and, and it launched and it got into the orbit and then once it's in the orbit then the deployments happened of these 64 satellites and that's then be, becomes what my job was um, well part of it part of the job that we did was taking care of all the satellites and integrating them into the little satellite deployers because each of the satellites it's not just on the rocket it's within like a, a kind of shoebox or a ring or something. So you gotta have some sort of like spring that shoots them out right. at yeah, a certain time. And there's there's maybe half a dozen or a dozen different kinds of deployers. There's companies out there that make deployers, and they have particular voltage, current, time, duration profiles of their signal that they need to be sent. That once they're sent this, then the door will open or the thing will pop off. The springs will release. Um, and so then once we would get it into that orbit. Then there is a particular timing sequence that some people had ahead of time worked out and it's spaced out. Let's say every five minutes a deployment happens. Um, and so then that so that they're all in up, line with each other. That so. sets up the orbit so that they're released, 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 you know, all the way around the orbit. But then most satellites actually have little propulsion things so they can make small micro adjustments. So even if we don't do all of it perfect, like we set them up and then they take care of the micro adjustments. So it's kind of a little bit of everybody. SpaceX gets them in the right orbit. We help them be at about the ballpark of where they are. And then are, they kind and then of they adjust can, themselves. Yeah. So it's like everybody kind of does it. Gotcha. Um, and so a lot of what I do is, so uh, my company in general will broker, we will talk to the small satellites 
um, and we do all the logistics of, well, let's just, again, simplify it. Let's take just the SpaceX. We would have to do all of the parsing out of how much, what are the, you know, how much space do we have? How much weight do we have? Where can we put people? What kinds of deployer systems do they need for, um, for their particular satellite? And then we figure out all those things for a particular launch. And then, then it goes down to, okay, how do we break down? We now we need to integrate those in. Now we need to test everything and make sure everything works. And then a lot of what I do actually is design electrical harnesses that will interface between the deployer and say the rocket or somewhere else. Um, or, and, and we're currently, this is a whole other thing. We're currently making our own deployer system, our own like computer brains that will um, provide the power uh, it will do the timing and the power and all of that stuff to release these signals to the deployers. Um, sorry, right. this gets really complex really quickly, and it's hard to. So for the harness, simplify it. Yeah, for the, <laughs> I feel yeah. For the harness that you're designing, are you running like are you designing the route that it's taking throughout the the body of the structure for each for each is it like an in out com type thing for. Yeah, there's a lot of different things. So the harness is like, and it, it's just like the broad term for, and there's tons of different harnesses, but for all the electrical connections between anywhere that you need things to be electrically connected. Um, and those are broken up into different things. I do the electrical model for it, and then that gets ported into a mechanical model where someone is doing the routing and figuring out like the orientation and all of that. I personally don't have to do that, but we do that at my company. Oh, so the mechanical engineer will design like the physical of where it's at and yep. you're designing, is this electrically going to work? Yeah. Based uh, on what's the wire bolt? gauge? Um, you know, what are all the impedance characteristics? Uh, uh, making sure the signals go to the right places that we're using the like standardized connectors that we have uh, metallic over braid for EMI shielding, that kind of stuff. Uh huh. Um, and then we just have a ton of a lot of what we do. Well, that's another level. There's just a ton of different um, harnesses that are needed. And a lot of people like, okay, so right now we have um, a launch that we're going to do on an Indian rocket um, called PSLV, Polar Satellite Launch Vehicle. So that one goes over the poles. Um, and we are going to be launching uh, in a Brazilian satellite. It's a big one, it's like 700 kilograms. And it's going to be monitoring the weather over the Amazon rainforest. So the, the satellite's called Amazonia. And so the satellite itself has two huge connectors on it, electrical connectors. And then that needs to somehow mate up to the structure that's going to deploy it, which is actually a circular ring that has like springs that are clamped down. And then one of the things that I had to do was take that those connectors and all the information of what each of those pins is um, and some of them are power lines some of them are like very small rs232 sig or 422 signals or whatever they each have different like characteristics and then i have to create a harness that's going to connect up to that and then split out to all the different things that it needs to do so maybe some of and i think for that one it's pretty simple and that, is this all just power supply that you're you're doing this harness for <clears throat> not necessarily there's a lot of different things one of it is power so for this one for the amazonia one um i think that the, these harness no let's see it needs to talk to the spacex rocket for other things so there's there's a lot of oh, it's hard to talk about um because i'm like oh, i don't want to i don't know if i'm 
quite right. I like can see the the harness in my head, and I'm not sure where all the signals go if they all go to the SpaceX rocket. Um, uh, but I have a different example, but then I have to go back and explain it. So, um, is this is this all battery powered from the SpaceX rocket? Okay, so let me back up. I'll go back to this, this the, the 64 satellite launch we did. Um, at that time, we purchased somebody else, some other company made um, a uh, deployer system. It's like the hardware uh, that has batteries as part of the system and also has like a computer that we can talk to. It has an FPGA on it. It has software built in so we can talk to it. Um, and, and program in the deploy sequence that's going to happen once it's in flight. Um, and, uh, and that is an addition. So, sorry, I gotta back up again. Um, generally, somebody like SpaceX will provide a few launch signals to like maybe four spacecraft. So let's say that we buy a launch and that we have five spacecraft, then we have to provide one of our own signals because SpaceX can provide four of them. And, and then I would maybe design a harness that goes from a SpaceX connector to this particular deployer connector and understanding this deployer needs, this is all the profile of what this deployer needs in order to actually deploy. And there's different deployers, so they need different, you know, harness so you get two signals with the harness and they get four signals with the harness and then you um no okay so okay I'll, I'll think of a simple um deployer so one of the simple deployers a lot of them are, are similar let's there's one called a quad pack because it can have four different doors um but for each of those a lot of stuff in space you need backups you never and it's actually i worked for boeing with airplanes and there's always a backup system for everything just in case so you have a primary signal that's going to send whatever for what is it for quad packs you need maybe half an amp and 28 it's a standard we use 28 volts a lot so it's a 28 volt signal with maybe half an amp for three seconds and it does whatever its own thing is um and it uh after it gets the signal for this amount of time then the door will open but it also has a backup signal on a separate set of pins um so you have the signal and its return and then the backup signal and its return and then you have a, a door switch that if the doors open you know then you have an open switch and then you have a backup door switch so that's eight just for one door. So you might have, you know, if you have four doors, that's 32 wires. So that's for four. And then, and then there's different, but yeah, it's, it's kind of like that. That's kind of a standard is eight, eight wires for every deployer. And those are all signal wires. And are they also power wires to open those up the are hatch? Those are power wires um, for just, these are just talking from the deployer to the, um, sequencer i guess we can call it the satellite sequencer which is the computer brains that's going to send the signal but then we also have our own batteries so we need a harness that talks from the batteries to the sequencer 
and that's mostly power but then it also has a lot of telemetry checking to make sure the battery it, we get a lot of telemetry from the batteries to get state of health to make sure the batteries aren't overheating um, to make sure that, that we can monitor real time what the voltage and the current and the temperatures and each battery has three different temperatures so there's a lot of telemetry lines are the batteries are they wired in parallel or are they not even wired together um so our batteries that we're currently using are nickel metal hydride and you get a whole battery pack and these are purchased from the same people that we bought the previous sequencer for um, and they come i think there's like slots it's a big box so i think if you open it inside you have these different slots and you probably have a few different I don't know series parallel combos of the batteries but then you have a circuit board that does all the battery conditioning and is like checking in and doing all the telemetry stuff and then what you just get on the outside a lot of stuff when you buy it is just the black box with the two connectors you get the connector that gives all of the battery telemetry and then the actual power lines where the battery date like the battery power is coming from and so then i might have to design a harness that will go from this particular connector on this battery up to our new deployer system that we've created. And then we have other harnesses go from the deployer, from the sat, sorry, the sequencer out to these different deployers um, that are shooting off the satellites. And then you might also, um, we have a lot of, uh, they're called like separation switches because there's a lot of stuff that happens. Um, like one of the things like that we do. Is um, no, it's literally like uh, a switch that is like closed. It li it's just a switch. It's like, um, I talk with my hands. So, <laughs> there go. so one of the deployers that we have is two rings. This is one that somebody else made. Um, it's two rings. One of the rings is bolted to the rocket. The other ring is bolted to the satellite and then they come together and compress with these springs. And then um, at some point, once the rocket's up there, a signal is sent from the rocket to do the separation. But inside of these two um, halves of this circle are these, these, uh, these um, push down switches and they are connected electrically as a feedback to the, 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 the sequencer system. And so once that's separated, then suddenly the switch is in the open state instead of closed. Oh, so it knows it's deployed. And then it's like, oh, okay, we've deployed. Begin the sequence. Begin the mission sequence. And then it knows this is when we're going to start counting off to start our deployments. Deploy this, deploy this every five minutes. That's, that's like they're... They're usually deployed in five-minute intervals. Each I mean, thing or whatever this is just interval. a ballpark. The, the interval, somebody calculates that based on all the parameters of the orbit, of the, like, what kind of orbit it is, what altitude it's at, how many people, you know. I think there's a lot of different things that are out there. Like um, Starlink, what's he doing? Like 10,000 of these mini satellites? Oh, yeah. Those might be deployed a... much closer together. I'm not really sure. And there are some regulations I think the FCC and everybody has about not wanting space junk collisions. So I think yeah, I was about to, I was gonna ask you about that. I was like, yeah. how do you know where which line you can put it in? Because you might run into like a Russian satellite or a Chinese satellite. So or... now they make it so that every the FCC has updated their their rules in the past couple of years so that everything that goes into space has to have a GPS tracker on it and it has to be on and beaconing. 
and you have to be able to prove that it works and all this stuff go through all the red tape before you can even launch it so everything that's up there unless it's broken apart and it's like too old or whatever should have that info and then there's maps and there's trackers out there that will tell you where all that stuff is eventually you'll have to have some sort of like pac-man uh machine up there eating old uh there's somebody satellites. doing that tethers <laughs> unlimited which is in bothell um i know them the the guy who's the ceo of that company when his kids went to the school that i taught at uh-huh. um so i was their math their math and science teacher oh that's cool and that like if you want a really cool up and coming like place to work they are what are they called again tethers unlimited because have you heard of space elevator I have. I didn't know that was a legit thing, though. Uh, I might not be, but that's the idea of what a tether is. That whole idea, like you know. Like the space elevator to the moon. Exactly, or... because if you could set something like that up, then you don't have to sh- shoot rockets off. Yeah, then then we can just easily get up there yeah, or whatever. He's so, okay. Yeah, <laughs> just getting through the atmosphere sounds like it'd be a... Mm-hmm need like a diamond tether or something right there well so there was another company that went bankrupt called planetary resources and they wanted to do asteroid mining oh yeah on the moon or we'll start anywhere. there yeah or, or asteroids so go and land on an asteroid and mine it um tethers unlimited created they do a lot of stuff with nasa so they created a couple years ago a thing called the refabricator and the idea is that I think it's specific to particular kinds of um, plastic filament, but they were able to take things that were 3D printed, melt them down, make new filament, and print new things. Nice. So 3D, like uh, recyclable 3D printing. So I'm imagining a future when you can do that with metals with other things aside yeah they have metal 3d printers they're pretty sweet so then you combine that with asteroid mining and you can mine an asteroid and you get your 3d printer on there and from space you start printing your 3d your your 3d rocket or your tether yeah so you could print it from space because i think that's one of the things is like you make this tether first of all you can't even make it they're having a hard time with carbon nanotubes whatever they're using now even print it and then they're like we have to get this thing off the ground it's like well if you get to a point where you can print things from space you then just you use gravity and it just and whoop. Then, yeah exactly it just drops down there was a cool kirgazot video that was actually showing tether oh, <laughs> tether videos like because eventually yeah. they think like a planet like a well, there's the three types of civilizations okay. like ones where you like control all the energy on your planet and then the second type is like you control all the energy in your solar system so you the Dyson sphere yeah. yeah and then the third one's like you can Wind you control world. all the energy in your like galaxy or whatnot yeah 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 those classes of civilization kind of thing yeah uh-huh. Kardashev scale yeah so um oh so tethers they did the refabricator they did a really cool thing where they made an arm that goes on to like a floating uh i guess it's a satellite a thing that's that's on the the space station and um and it's a controllable arm uh so some of the stuff you're talking about i don't know if you do it with your brain or if you have a joystick but so they did that and then um they're interested in making something that can capture old debris 
Pac-Man <laughs> style, and then if you can combine it with these futuristic ideas of planetary resources, then you can capture old space junk and make new shit. Yeah. That's what I think the future should be. But actually, a lot of stuff, also with the FCC, when you launch it, you have to have a plan. There's very strict rules for um, it. You have to make it so that it will come down in a certain amount. It's like 15 to 20 years. It has to deorbit. <laughs> And it has to burn up. Burn it has up, to be yeah, made completely. Can't just come down and kill someone. I think there's a funny statistic: like one person a year dies from like really? something from space. Or, uh, yeah, it's it's less probable than lightning. Lightning kills more people. Yeah, yeah. And actually, I hadn't really considered it before, but the fact that we have that um, means that w there is space junk, but it's also sl it slowly takes care of itself. It usually burns up, right? Or I mean, I mean, we. Because a lot of people are like, oh, we're putting all this shit up in space. It's getting really junky. Yes, but everything we put up has to come down at some point. Yeah, gravity so brings it down there. eventually. It's not going to be up there forever. And it's in orbit so that it will. There's actually other companies who make things, and, and Tethers makes one of these, um, that you put on your satellite, and it's like a long tape kind of thing that creates a sort of... Um, it's kind of like an anchor on a ship or something. And it kind of slowly drags it down and pulls it down. Huh. That you can go on Tether's website and read about one of theirs, the way they did it. It's, they have one that's like a long tape, and it aligns, I think, with the electric fields. And they, they do like an induced, using the electricity to create a drag. There's some kind of feedback there. It's huh. kind of interesting. Like ion engine type stuff? or? I mean, I don't... <laughs> well, no, an ion engine might be... I don't, I don't know exactly how they do it. I don't remember. But they use like so the magnetic field of the earth and somehow the poles with that and they'd have to have some sort of motor in it then maybe i'm not sure how they do it i don't remember i used to think when we were going through our motors class i thought that you had to have the earth's magnetic poles for a generator to create like a <laughs> to induce a voltage <laughs> like into the by it turning or whatever mm -hmm. i thought it had to actually cut through the earth's like magnetic what? lines because one of my buddies one of the electricians on the job site was telling me that it because it does cut through the lines but yeah that's not the reason it induces a, it yeah you just need the magnetic core and the the windings and everything else so a lot of what i do is um is harness work but then uh we do integration stuff and we are currently um creating designing our own uh, sequencer uh, that is the computer brains that will cr send out these signals to the different deployers um, and so I'm, I've been doing a lot of testing recently with that hardware I've been in the labs we have so there's like a general suite of tests anytime you create any new engineering you know for it to be approved uh, to be gone on any like rocket it has to go through there's it's just like a standard do you use the nfpa at all like the what like that like the nfpa 70 it's well it's what electricians have to use. it's like national fire protection agency but there's a oh. it's like it's the standards by which all buildings oh. it's the requirements they have to meet for anything of nominal voltage from uh i think it's like 50 volts up to 9,000 volts. Whoa. Basically, everything has to be up to code right. underneath that, or else. And um, that's what they judge your work off. Oh, of. cool. So I don't know what. We don't have 
our highest voltage is maybe 32 volts. <laughs> Much lower voltage. It's a lot of DC boring stuff. But so the things that we have to do, like I just ran, um, I helped, we went to an EMI lab in Bothell and we put um, the sequencer in the EMI chamber and uh, subjected it to all sorts of radiation and made sure it was still able to do deployments. Um, I think there's emissions and susceptibility, so you have, you have to make sure that it won't won't be susceptible to any of the radiation and that it won't be emitting any kind of radiation that could interfere with other stuff. Um, we also, I just was there at another place uh, and we did vibration testing. So make sh making sure that, you know, when it's the rocket as it's launching could be vibrating and you subject it to all different frequencies and in XYZ axes, you know, all different ways. And you look at the like all the data on how it performs, and then I had to do a lot of electrical functional testing, pretending to launch, you know, sequences of satellites, and make sure it still goes. You start using it as a soccer ball at lunchtime. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> I this thing has got to be, I don't know, ten to a hundred grand, or it's just like. I would not do that. And then we have... I was just um, saying for testing. Yeah, yeah it's just a test. <laughs> and then... Um, if we can withstand this, it's good to go up. <laughs> yeah. And then we have to do um, TVAC. So that's temperature and vacuum testing. So you have to make sure it can withstand really high and really low temperatures and that it can withstand a vacuum of space and still keep functioning. You just keep trying to break it in different ways and make sure that it keeps working. Huh. So a lot of what I do is the... the um, test engineer is making sure that things don't break and is that what you're the test engineer the, or yeah my my role is like it's called aint assembly integration and test so i'm part of a team that will do assembly like we uh, we create our own electrical harnesses so i'll design i'll do a schematic uh, of the harness and then i can i'm not uh what's the training there's a particular acronym. There's a particular training you need to, to get to be able to electrically create these and have them bought off. I could make one, but I'm not trained, so I don't get the, um, I'm not certified to build the harness. But, but we have people, we build our own harnesses in-house, and they're space-grade harnesses, which is a pretty big deal. Um, it's cool. very fancy. Uh, so that's the assembly. The integration is the fact that you, if you have a satellite, then we will help put it in the deployer and then we will put the deployer on the satellite and we will help you do all the checks and everything and make sure your satellite is good on the rocket. Do you guys do manufacturing at where you work too? or Manufacturing you, of what? Of what you're doing. Or do you actually build it in-house where you're at? Like the whole... We, that's kind of a complex thing because we build a lot of different things. So... We do not do like metal fab or anything like that. We will design it and then we will pay someone else to do it and then we will put all the pieces together. We don't have like big 3D, metal 3D printers or anything like that. So, you, so you'll subcontract out a lot of the work of and that. then and then bring the whole the whole project together sure. yeah. at your... Um... And we have an integ Auburn integration, for satellite integration facility and there's a big clean room in there. And it's not our main office, it's our satellite office. <laughs> Space <laughs> like, jokes. So <laughs> <laughs> um, but we do have all the stuff to make our own harnesses, our electrical harnesses. And I know so much about connectors that I never thought I would know. Like, 
circular connectors and nine pin D sub connectors and like all the different things you'd ever want to know or never want to know about connectors. <laughs> I know all sorts of things about those now. It's like when you get stuck on just doing one thing at the refinery, running like four <laughs> inch rigid conduit, you know everything yes. about it. <laughs> Holy shit. Um, so yeah, that's like a lot of what we do. Uh, and it's pretty cool. And I guess the, the thing that I didn't get to yet is um, what's really cool about our company and makes my job really variable is that we, um, as a company, we work with maybe half a dozen different rocket companies. And so um, we are doing this new thing that I don't think anyone else has done before, where we are providing for our satellite customer a launch, and it is rocket agnostic. And that's really huge because um, a lot of times, okay, like one of the rocket companies we work with is called oh, Rock so Rocket Lab, and they had a failure a couple months ago or a year ago, I don't remember when. And anytime, and, and like Vega had a rocket failure. We do, we do launches with Vega. And so anytime you have a rocket company and one of their rockets has an anomaly, it will push all of their future launches off for some unknown amount of time until they troubleshoot and figure out why did we have this failure. Um, and that means anyone on a future launch, their schedule is screwed. And so if they, if they're, if you have a satellite and you need to hurry up and get it out because you're trying to see something that's about to happen, um, or we had people who were trying to grow tomatoes. You have to hurry up and get that out before your tomatoes die. Mm -hmm. And then you're on a rocket and the rocket has an anomaly. You might be pushed out for a year or two. So then that throws your whole experiment or whatever you're doing off. Yeah, but with us, we have so many different rocket companies we work with that if one of the rockets fail, we will just take your satellite off and put it on a different one. So you can flip stuff around. Yeah, so there's a lot of sort of versatility. Um, so you're like Google finding your different airlines. Oh, on yeah, or like, <laughs> was it Kayak? I don't know if that, that's a still one, but you can like search for all the different. So that's cool, and it means there's a lot of things that change all the time. Like we, especially with COVID recently, actually, we had all of these... So like this um, Amazonia, well, I don't know how much I can talk about details, but I'll just say we have people, customers that move in and off of rocket launches all the time because suddenly they can't support it because of COVID. So like we had a bunch of customers that were going to be on one launch and then they've pulled off one at a time and that changes all the harnesses. I was going to draw harnesses that were going to go to this particular rocket because SpaceX has their own kinds of connectors they like to use and uh Israel or you know, India, they have their own kind of connectors, and then, you know, the, the saddle. So I have to do a lot of really specific, unique harnesses that are like this thing to this thing, and then everything changes, and then I have to draw more. Does anything get? How much of it gets standardized? We are trying to do that right now. We're trying to make our own modularized system as much as we can, um, and it's kind of a. You have to find a way to balance both things. Like if you become too standardized, then you're not flexible enough to support to be new weird things. But if you're too new and weird, then you just redo a lot of work that you don't need to do. So yeah, it becomes less efficient. There's a, some sweet spot in the middle you have to figure out. Interesting. Yeah, so that's pretty much it. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's all. <laughs> I bet there's a way more. You get way more into I mean, details. Every day yeah. Is, there's all the details for sure. What what software are you mostly using? Like 
when you're designing connectors and harnesses and do you actually physically put any of it together with your hands or um so uh we use creo so i use creo schematics which i've never heard of anyone else ever using i don't know if i necessarily recommend it for for a 2d cads program it's eh, it's kind of clunky but it uh, feeds all its metadata into a 3d program called creo parametric which is kind of fancy and so we use those two together because the way that it feeds the data. So I will create 2D um, harness schematics in Creos, in Creo schematics. I will export an XML file and I will send that over to our mechanical engineer and she will take that and port it into the model that she'd already been creating, laying out. So she'll be like looking at the, the 3D layout of how is this harness gonna route around you know this this round surface and, and how's it going to get into this hole this bulkhead hole um, and she'll, she'll be mapping that out and then she'll take all of my xml stuff and it will populate one wire at a time and it will tell you exactly which pin it's on what wire gauge it's on what the signal is called and all this stuff um, so that's super super fancy pro um, if it's just a test harness that isn't like flight gray but we need it to test other harnesses or you know just other things, then I just use Visio, which is just a very simple, like, uh, I don't know if you know Visio. I don't. It's like a, I don't know if it's Windows, but it, it makes like, uh, what are those called? I'm so bad with words, I like see it in my head. Stream, throw, what are those called? Oh, I, can't, I can't do it. I can't think of what it's called. Free throw? <laughs> flowchart. Flowchart. <laughs> flowchart. Uh, Visio is like mostly used for flowcharts, but you can make a harness because it's like the connector can just be um, a box, and then on the other end another box, and then just lines in between, and then you can put text over it, and then you can put all the data of this is the connector type, this is the back shell, and have a table somewhere else that says this is the wire gauge or the wire type and then you know sometimes you have to have harnesses that have different different kinds of wire for the different signals that go through it and all that stuff it seems like no matter how complicated the job gets you're always using spreadsheets fucking spreadsheets <laughs> yeah i do so much spreadsheet stuff it's ridiculous for sure yeah that's why you gotta get the vr then. yeah you saw what i was saying today right i'm yeah. like I just have a headache from staring at a screen, so why can't I do, like, VR spreadsheets? Where it looks like it's, like, where that house is. I could do Excel all day if it was, like, 30 feet away. Yeah, it just gives you a giant projector that's all the way Perfect! Over <laughs> <laughs> all right, boss, this is what I'm going to need you to buy for me yeah. for my home office. Either that or um, our insurance is going to go way up for yeah. laser laser eye surgery. I got LASIK oh, you did? 12 years ago, yeah. Yeah, I had really bad eyesight, so... Now I have really bad night vision, because that's a thing. Oh, yeah, looking LASIK. at a screen too long. LASIK just kills your night vision for whatever reason, so I'm blind oh. as a bat at night. You can't even see me right now. You're kind of blurry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not good. I just see these teeth, and that's all. Yeah, actually. <laughs> just keep grinning, and I'll know where you are. <laughs> like Mike Wazowski, or what's that? Oh. What's, what's the guy off? Uh, the one who can turn invisible. I don't know. The purple guy off Aww. Monsters, Inc. It's been a long time since I've seen that, so I don't remember. Pixar has the best movies. 
kids' movies that are actually for adults. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what I'm doing now, and that's pretty cool. I dig it. I, I routinely want to pull my hair out at stupid things. Creo Schematics is having some issues with data tables and stupid bullshit in the back that I'm like... Those little details. So annoying. Who And I think a lot about... Actually, I have a friend who's a UI UX designer, user experience, um, and they're the people who um, make Instagram so fun. <laughs> but even will make like the or, way that you use Excel better, mm-hmm. because they're like, how does this? You're basically a psych major. And so I'm like, there's so much shit that I'm like, who engineered this? This is such a stupid interface. Like the person who engineers <gasps> shit for engineers. <laughs> not good. So bad. The person who engineered Windows laptops to always say, now updating when you're in the middle of something, that guy should be shot. <laughs> that was a bad job. Not in. <laughs> you'd, think, you'd think those guys would get paid the most. The people who engineer stuff for engineers, because then those engineers are now making stuff for the rest of us people. Yeah, they should have. Because they're multiplying an engineer's ability to now yeah. create things for other people. Do you ever use Outlook? Probably don't have to yet. Once you work for like an engineering company, you will always use Outlook. Well, I was using Outlook like <laughs> mailing for okay for a little bit. But. Well, Mez uh, and my other roommate Lou both worked for Outlook like twenty years ago. I think they helped make it what it is. I think I think my uncle also worked for he works for DocuSign now, but I think he oh, nice. he worked for Microsoft in one of their yeah yeah he worked for them for a while too yeah. Sometimes I just want to yell at them. Just yell Why at did you make this people? like this? This is ridiculous. How do you guys make so much money? This is garbage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for, for someone who's like really, who knows like how computers work, yeah. doesn't know how to operate a computer very well. <laughs> yeah. It's weird. Well, there's all sorts of computers, so some are some just work better than others. Like I don't know if you've used Ubuntu, Ubuntu, Linux, but there's a lot of it now, especially. I mean, I haven't my old Linux laptops in the garage, but now they've made the GUI much nicer, so it's not just like a command prompt screen, and it's all open source, and it's just way better. Like I would. I would just use it all the time if there was more programs that had support in it. I've never used it. I've heard of Linux. I recommend. It's free. That's just an OS system? It is. It's a free one, and it has a lot of free support. It's kind of like Android. Android is a is a open source as well. And I don't know if you've... Is your, your phone's probably Android, right? Uh... Yeah, it's the Google, it's the Pixel. Oh. So it's Android, it's but it's also... It's sort of not. It's like in the middle. Yeah, it's a high. Have you ever used an iPhone? Yeah, but I didn't... I don't like them as much because there's a lot of apps you can't get. Because Android, you can get more because it's open source. Or... It's So that's a cool comparison that is kind of similar to like computer stuff. Like Apple and Microsoft are on one end, and then you have open source... Like there's Android. more bugs with open source, but exactly. there's more stuff you can get with exactly. open source. Exactly, yeah. There's stuff, I, I just recently moved, so I used to have an iPhone, and then I 
got rid of it and then I had Android for like 10 years and I just like a year ago got an iPhone again because I wanted the fancy camera and immediately I'm like oh there's so much stupid shit that iPhone is locked down because it's proprietary that I'm like why why did you do this like Android was so better in this yeah. way but yeah. it didn't have the nice camera so I'm like god damn it didn't have the nice camera <laughs> yeah <laughs> the one thing google's coming out with them but also yeah yeah i heard that google pixel was pretty good yeah this is the second gen was that a pixel yeah it's the do you like the camera yeah camera's good it is is actually really good cool Uh, what's gonna say brain fart what do you want to what do you want to do you're saying you're interested in doing neuroscience things or like what Why'd you get into all this stuff you're doing? Do I go way back or do I? <laughs> <laughs> now it's my the turntables have turned. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, my whole standpoint of getting into like even learning about this stuff kind of came from like an ethics standpoint. Oh. It kind of came from a like, what's the, like what would help the most amount of people Mm. so there was the utilitarian type Mm -hmm. thinking going on and there's a lot of the how can i help people and what would help you and that's what got me thinking about like everything i guess (laughs) and so i guess long story short i think like every time we solve a problem kind of like in the bigger picture of things i mean you kind of have other problems like now we have phones and we have instant communication with people and whatnot. Yeah. But then now, since we have that, that creates other psychological problems. Totally. Like you can become addicted to your phone and then right. you got people with their PhD doctorate degrees creating <laughs> apps for kids. That's like their whole job is oh to gosh. get people more glued to, you know, uh, your phone. But I'm also, but also at the same time, it creates so many more, you know, pros. Sure, sure. Like, there's so many more things you can do with a phone. There's so many, like, you can instantly talk with people all around the world. Yeah, exactly. There's yeah. like, there's great things, but then also you can't escape everyone around the world. Yeah. And then you also have everyone's baggage around the world. You get on, <laughs> you get on social media, and you gotta deal with everyone's baggage. Yeah. So you might as well just throw it away. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, like, solving aging would be awesome because you know. Solving. Oh, aging, yes. Yeah, I mean, I'm, and I'm Didn't they do that? Is you just uh, drink the blood of really young people? Yeah, exactly. They, they already had it, the fountain of youth. Yeah. <laughs> Vampires. <laughs> I mean, because we use nature to manipulate nature. Yeah. But nature already has it built in. We have a self-destruct button already built into ourselves, you yeah. know? Mm. So, I mean, I'm interested in... I guess helping progress or solving problems, but it's like the hydra, you cut off one head and then yeah. two more emerge. Yeah, so. that's true. I, I agree. It keeps kind of going. Yeah. Has that changed what you're going to, I mean, you're still in school, so you haven't like changed careers. No, I've actually been, so I was, so growing up, I had this, I had this fantasy that I was going to be a, a basketball player. Okay. Yeah, an NBA basketball player or whatever. How tall are you? 5'11", exactly. <laughs> that's and, not bad, but... Yeah. yeah, no, but that was that was my dream from, like, age five, but that's because I was... So, I had this determined mindset 
and it was too determined oh, okay. and it took me a long time to break break away from that but it taught me a lot about reality or whatever <laughs> <laughs> so i have been stuck on like getting my ee for like the past five years since high school that was like okay. so i had this one really big dream and it took me a long time to crush that dream and Aww. find another dream or whatever and you don't want to crush this one Exactly, but I like I've lined up things so that it's like complementary. Yep. In a sense, so, so like the neuroscience or being an electrician and then yes, and then electrical engineering yep. and then maybe going to ma- things that are like complementary to each other. I don't yep. know specifically what I want to do because I'm opportunistic in the sense that yeah. things emerge or yep. this project could would work better or right. this lines up better like. Yeah. It, that's kind of my operating system in a sense like like I take I, I'm trying to like I guess it's more of like just a growth mindset like trying yeah. to get better at what I'm doing but also learning other stuff because there could be a better project out there than yeah. what I have in my mind right now so totally. it's, so it's I mean that's where I'm trying to go mm-hmm. but it could lead me somewhere else that's kind of why I have a goal so that I'll head down at least some sort of cool sure. path, I guess. And I mean, I think it's a good one because I thought about this when I, because I, I was telling you earlier, earlier that I wanted to originally be, a, and I originally wanted to be an astronomer. Mm-hmm. My dad told me that there, there was not a lot of jobs. In My dad told me not to go play basketball. You're, yeah, you're at 5'11". Yeah. Like, <laughs> okay, fine. You're right. I don't believe you. I can do anything I want. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, I could have been an astronomer, but I definitely would have been much more limited and stressed out competing for grants. Um, and fortunately, I did do electrical engineering, and there are job. I can get a job as an electrical engineer anywhere in the world. There's so many different types, It's too. so broad yeah. that you could do anything with it. So I think it is really smart. And, yeah, there's a lot of crap that um, our reliance on technology has brought, but it's not going away. Yeah, it's so. well, we're only going. That's why when people tell me, "Oh, you gotta fight the machine" or something, yeah. like my buddy, I'm like, that, "That's not a realistic thought process exactly. at all." Like, it's not. But I get the idea, and and I think there's a way. So this is what I think of like this the spreadsheets VR thing is like. I think a lot of the issues that we have um, with technology is with our current technology because this is just our first. This is like the first time that, you know, the internet and and so much of the apps and because there was like the Social Dilemma movie came out recently, which I haven't seen, but a lot of my friends have talked about, about the Facebook algorithm and how messed up it is. Oh, and how it's polarized. Yeah. And YouTube had the same thing where you'd like, that's why there were these groups like Flat Earthers became like a big... it was like a cult almost. Because right. you'd watch one Flat Earth yep. video and then recommend 20 yeah, other. exactly. And then it'd just make you more and more right, like. Right, right, right. Oh, Conspiracy. Flat, yeah, exactly. Or 5G because or whatever. Because the algorithm apparently was just set up for profit. And then profit. Well, so you'd watch of, more and more videos. In terms of profit, it's ad clicks and you get at more ad revenue when people watch longer videos and they watch it for longer. More videos. Yeah. And so, so, yeah, so my friend was talking to me about that. And it's like, well, that doesn't mean that all of technology is wrong, it means that this algorithm was not nuanced enough to really reflect what our values are. So I think of like, what would future technology be that was better? Mm -hmm. And I think like a lot of what I hear about uh, a phone addiction and screens and and, like for me nearsightedness, like my eyes hurt from staring at a screen, 
it's not that it's technology, it's that it's a phone that is two feet away from your face. So we've, we've had like Google Glasses well, as a concept. Well, it's because we, we didn't evolve to look at a screen. Right. So we're, I we mean, need to we're, evolve technology to be more enmeshed in our 3D experience. User interface. In a way, you see, maybe I should be a UX designer. Yeah, there right? you go. Because I think about like <laughs> AR, like augmented reality and something like a Google Glasses or like people are making like contact lens type things or like I imagine like a HUD display or something. What is a way that you can get a lot of the stuff like Google but I can be staring out at a field. I could be out on a hike, but somehow, wire, you know, Elon Musk has his Starlink so that there's internet everywhere. And I'm out in a field and I'm like, huh, I wonder about this thing. And I can like look at a distance and I do something like wink my eye and I can see something pop up and it's some text or I can ask a question to Alexa. And it could be a nice, and I can choose the interface and it can be like, I just want to know this one thing. Oh, it's this. And then it goes away and then I'm still back in the woods. And it's not intrusive. It's not pulling my phone out and I'm, I'm suddenly looking at a screen. Well, that's also why, like, with my phone, I'll edit my settings so that it won't turn yeah. on or it won't notify me on yeah. certain apps or it won't do this so that I'm controlling my phone, right. not the other way around. Like, yeah. I'm just, like, a notification comes out, like, got to get my dopamine rush yeah, or got to, yeah, yeah. like, got to deal with this or that or whatnot. Right. So I think also letting the user be able to customize. Yeah their experience with whatever product mm -hmm. you have so yeah. that it benefits so it maximizes their their effectiveness with your profit for whatever goal they're trying to yeah. yeah so one of the things that's come up is um the this was a couple of years ago with what's that guy is it Ajit Pai or something with the FCC and trying to uh net neutrality do you remember all of this stuff going on Oh, yeah, that was um, going And with China's uh, TikTok and whatnot. Oh, that too. That's so, been going on as well. At least well. with the net neutrality, the idea was that after that, that they were going to limit. Washington is one of the special. We're awesome in Washington. We're like, no, you can't do that. You can have as much Internet as you want forever. Um, but other states, like with Comcast, you buy only kind of like how it used to be with phone packages. You only buy so much data. And after you get to a certain rate then they're going to slow and they're going to throttle down your internet because it's for profit but but the so there's the argument to make the internet a public utility yeah just like so that's they did that with the electrical lines like out where i'm at you wouldn't have lines if the government right. didn't say hey everywhere has to be able to have so i think at some point that if we do this if we make a lot of things more of a public utility then a lot of this profit stuff like so much of the dopamine that you get is because that's coded in there from the people who own the products they want you to use it more and so they're they're making it apparently this is in the social dilemma movie that there are think tank researchers trying to figure out how to make things more addictive because it makes profit yeah. it's also like but if you regulate that then you won't have the same issues yeah you know, like, i don't think it those also, issues are part of technology it's it also just how be we use it. it also be nice to have like two different settings where you can have like a paid version where you don't have to see ads like with youtube yeah. you can get like an 11 dollar right. like paid version so you don't have to see any more of their ads yeah or yeah yeah it'd be nice to like be like i don't want your algorithm or, yeah or i want this algorithm not yeah. that algorithm like so you can see kind of the, the experience you're having there because yes business i mean businesses are one of the reasons why technology progresses so fast right. like government does subcontracts and then people fulfill those and if yeah. you win the, the contract then you get it and whatnot but we can feed back into that over time and say hey i don't want 
I don't want to pay for shit that's addictive. I want to pay for things that are actually benefiting me. Exactly. I mean, we saw that. It was we saw that with the food industry. I just yeah, remember with fast food industry, exactly. Yeah. Now McDonald's has to have more healthy food. They have more salads and stuff, and it's not as addictive in the same way because people because are like, "Because you could say that's bullshit. harming people that. with right. diabetes." And all mm-hmm. So we can make the same cases with a lot of internet stuff, and we can say it's not that it's not that electricity and, and the internet's going to go away, but we can use it in a way that's more beneficial and not addictive and not harmful. So I like to imagine what would what would that future technology look like? What would those platforms be like? Like there was a really cool thing. Um, my friend Arsenio, who used to work for Valve, um, the video game company, he had told me years ago about uh, Unity programming and Unity uh, for 3D for VR and AR. And he was like, "What would you, if you could?" He's like, "You can get Unity for free, and you can learn coding, and you can make your own apps. What would you do?" He's like, Angela, what would you do if you if you could code in Unity? And I was like, and at the time I was a I was a teacher. I was a constructivist teacher, which means people learn by it's pretty much engineering. Like I learned by building things and and messing around with it. So I'm like, what I would do with that is I would make a chemistry lab VR. And I would make an auto like build an engine VR and then you can there's ways that you can learn skills by messing around with stuff and I'm not breaking anything and I'm not causing an explosion in my laboratory you know Mm -hmm. and it's nice for the kid who like can't afford school or whatever like yeah and then they can go like for me I learned most of my chemistry from an app that I downloaded yeah like it, it basically how I'd learn is through the feedback system is if I got something wrong I go through 10 questions and then mm. they tell me which questions I got wrong and then you keep doing it until you got 10 right then move on to the next nice, one or this nice. and that. yeah there's a lot of cool like brilliant brilliant's one of those oh I haven't heard of that one nice they're pretty big if you look at any like YouTuber who does like science or engineering videos yeah, yeah. they usually have brilliant as a sponsor oh okay yeah it's nice. kind of pricey but they I like how kind of those apps like for people who can't afford them they'll say hey, we want this amount of money, but mm-hmm. if you can't afford it, talk, give us a call. And we'll like, like like Sam Harris does that with his podcast. And there's mm. also like, there's also a salsa place in Seattle that they have like three tiers of what like you can or can't pay. Wait, salsa the food or like salsa no, dancing? No, like dancing class. Oh, cool. <laughs> really? I want to do that. Yeah, I do too. But they're charging like $90 for private instructors oh, right gosh. now because they don't have the... It's usually like ninety for a month or one eighty for a month. Oh my god! But that's god. like that's like group dancing. Super fancy. Yeah. Well, wow. Yeah, it's pricey. I mean, gym memberships are just expensive as is, but. Yeah. Up where I'm at, it's not too bad, but down here, it's a little bit more. Yeah, I don't know. So, what would you do with neuroscience? Try to make people stop aging. Well, that's, I mean, those are kind of different, I guess. One's more genetic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Solving the breakdown of the, the human genome sure. that we already have. Pro, I mean, it's not necessarily. Well, because apparently there's some bacteria, they just keep splitting, so technically they live forever or whatnot. Whoa, okay. But we, apparently when protocells or um, single-cell organisms evolved into, like, multi-celled organisms... Apparently, it was in the, apparently somehow in the sequence, apparently it helped ev- the the cells that 
that broke down, that died off and stuff, mm. their offspring, it was better for evolution in a sense. Mm -hmm. Like it made better offspring, which made better offspring, mm. which made, it just kept making better products. It's like, yeah, yeah. We keep evolving and having to change and adapt. Yeah. It's like how businesses have to make a new product every year, have to mm. make this, like it just, it never ends like with the competition. So are you now thinking if we live forever that it would just be crappy? <laughs> I mean, I think we'd keep, I'd hope, well, I'd hope we'd keep evolving in some way. That's why it's like, are we going against nature? Or are we not going? Like, I wonder, like, if you get, how much can the brain, how much information can the brain store? And if you live past a certain point, like, if you live 500 years, well, that's why the cloud has to, to keep up with that. I think the brain has to become an optimized processing system and then the rest of the information you use you gotta store in computers like it's more of a retrieval oh system because your brain is like it's I mean, like i guess you kind of already have that with like wikipedia i don't remember let me look it up exactly that's what i like <laughs> like the books on my shelf like i don't like even after not being at work for like a couple weeks or something you start to like you're not like yeah. in the groove yeah. of it you kind of you got to get you back don't remember in. everything totally exactly and and even after being out of college for a couple of years, you got to go back and look in your textbooks for totally. something or yep. this and that. Like, yeah. But, but college is good in the sense that you know where to go to find stuff, right. you know where to go to yeah. get information. And then those like neural pathways open up and you're yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of, cause your brain is a lot like a computer in the sense that it's all wiring in a sense. It's all, <laughs> neural, it's all, it's all neural pathways with maybe way more connections than quantum, quantum field stuff. <laughs> Yeah. Still, you know, it's all physical stuff. So. Mm. But I mean, I just see, I just see like Nexus or Neuralink <laughs> or whatever. I just see that yeah. as being the next thing. So I just, yeah. I want to be a part of it and hope Ooh. that it it goes well. You know, like be part of that user interface so that it'll be. I don't know, because you're still gonna have mess ups, just like you have problems with social media these days yeah i'm just imagining i mean that happened in nexus right like you can hack in and yeah there was else problems. And kill people and all this shit yeah you can get control of their motor cortex and make yeah. them start saying weird stuff right and right pretend to be you, you wear somebody else yeah essentially you take a ride in their body for Ugh, an hour so crazy yeah, i don't know how i'd feel about that okay what i want is to be able to project my dreams there was a cartoon when i was a kid called ah real Monsters. oh like astro projections no um there was a cartoon when i was a kid called ah real monsters it was on nickelodeon and it's a monster academy and they all the monsters are in school learning how to scare people and then they go into class and they have the, the monster professor and the the monster professor would be like okay let me see how well you did and they would take the monster and put him on this chair and somehow like there was some mechanism that they that the light would project out of their eyes onto a screen and they would be replaying a memory of something from their eyes oh so you want that thing from black mirror where you can record everything that's happened in your that, black mirror i want yeah. to just be able to like share my dreams with people or if like i have an image in my head i'm like i don't know how to say this i just want you to see this thing but and dreams... i want to be able to people to see that mm. I think that would be cool. Where's isn't the visual cortex of your brain like in the front area here? Yeah, probably. So somehow like hack into that and be able to project 
but then it might look kind of strange. I think they've done a little bit. I think people are bit. doing some of this. They're able to see like a almost but, grainy version of some of this right now. Yeah, and it looks super weird. Their like visual processing looks really yeah. strange yeah. on a com- compute yeah. on like a display board. Yeah. Oh, good. My order was dropped off. <laughs> I can now enjoy my food now. <laughs> Thanks. They, they gave you a confirmation. Thanks. Email, Just or? now, two minutes ago. Oh, good. Glad to hear that. Yeah. What was the one I heard that was like that? Yeah, I don't remember. Because, mm. I mean, with like... I'm definitely not a technology pes- uh, pessimist because, I mean, if you just read the history books on how terrible, like, uh, bas- life was back in the day. Yeah. Like, if you just read history because basically history is just war. <laughs> it's just lots and lots of war and terrible things going on. <laughs> See what these monkeys, what bad things these monkeys can do to each other. Mm, yeah. I mean, unless, I mean, of course, there's always, like, those nice little pockets of history where maybe there was this island that was peaceful for 300 years and, right but even then i mean people still probably had their problems and whatnot sure sure yeah but i'm trying to remember about i don't remember oh i was thinking of what what's that thing that google has oh my god i like see it and i can't remember what it's called but it makes those crazy, trippy, psychedelic-looking things. Um, and I've just seen a lot of memes about it recently. But it would, like, take an image, and it was its own AI software that was trying to, like, guess if there was a face or whatever. And then it, like, reprints a new thing, and it looks like a weird acid trip. I'm going to find it for you. Huh. What's... I can't remember what it's called. Weird acid trip. Yeah, Google acid trip. <laughs> <laughs> weird... Google acid drip. But yeah, I'm going to look it up too. What was it called? Trip generator. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, what the hell? It's on DeviantArt. Why Google's neural networks look like they're on acid vice. Oh, there's another thing. Have you seen the things now where you can put your face in, like, celebrity videos? Oh, yeah. I saw Toe Rogan do that the other day, and he's, yeah. like, his daughter showed it to him. He, like, she, like, put his face up to him, and he's got, like, this, he has, like, this face of a, like, female model or whatever now. Oh, it flipped it around? Because I've seen it the other way where they can take, like, a clip from a movie. Like, they had this bit that was, uh, Jennifer Lawrence was was giving like an acceptance speech at an award ceremony but they put um steve buscemi's face on it and so it's like this female body with this like old dude's face but he's and it looks exactly like his face but he's making all of her facial expressions and these are two well-known actors and to like see the merge is like really weird and and it's actually and there's like worries about facial recognition issues with that but it's interesting with all the covid stuff with putting a face mask on that it's actually sort of upending that because they're using, you know, facial recognition to try to accuse people of crimes, even like protesters now. I don't know Uh if you'd heard like in Portland, I think maybe it was even in Seattle, but they'd like, if anyone was live streaming a protest, then the, the police would go through video footage and they would recognize people. They would get their information and they would track them down and arrest them at their house, Huh. which is like, 
Well, the whole thing is like... That's kind of scary. Yeah, the deep fake thing, too. That's the deep fake. The deep fake is this this thing I'm talking about. Like, the, well, it's scary the Google then AI. You, I mean, it's already kind of... You can fake any kind of video or picture. And it's the scary thing with, like, fake news, too. Like, yeah. the whole... Yeah. You don't know what's true, what's, what's real. Not. Yeah. And then the Nexus would be the next level of that, right? Now you... Was re- this even a real feel, thing? Now you feel... You don't... I mean, yeah. you don't... This could all be a simulation as it is. It's but. a simulation. Have you seen Rick and Morty? <laughs> yeah. The, it's the, a simulation inside a simulation. <laughs> totally. Uh, dude, Rick and Morty's great. Yeah, absolutely. I love like, that stuff. I like the one where they make fun of uh, Inception. Yes. That one's <laughs> is it just, is it as confusing as that movie is? <laughs> yeah. That Pickle totally. Rick is, oh but God. yeah, that one's great. The new series was, I don't know, it was strange in some of them. I've only seen a few of the new ones. Yeah. Is there another one this year, or is it just... Have you seen the new... I think it's season four. It came out, but you have to pay for it, or you gotta get it on, like, a legal hmm. site. Or well, tell me what one of the episodes was, and I'll tell you, because I don't... I'm. Have you seen the one with the dragons? I'm not. Yes, gonna... that's what I was wondering about. That's actually what I immediately thought of. Yeah. It's kind of okay. weird. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It's a joke about polyamory for sure. Yeah. Um, yes, I've seen those, but I haven't paid for any of that, and I can show you offline how to do that. <laughs> Boris, Boris showed me. If you're an engineer, you gotta know the workarounds. Yeah. When I was a kid, we had something called LimeWire. LimeWire. <laughs> Yeah. Um, it was before Pirate Bay. Have you heard of Pirate Bay? I've heard of Pirate Bay. I think so. Do you know what Pirate Bay is, though? It's a, well, it's a pirating website, right? Yeah, so torrenting. LimeWire was like one of the... Well, first there was Napster. This was... Oh, my God. Yeah, that's where the, the spot... The guy who started Spotify originally started Napster. That's kind of like you were on the awesome thing and then you became evil in a way because... The whole point of Napster was, like, giving music out for free. Mm-hmm. And then Spotify is, like, very known for fucking over lots of artists and making a lot of money. Like, a lot of profit that doesn't yeah. trickle down. It does. Well, yeah. I mean, it's a nice platform to use. I really like it. Yeah. As a person who uses it, I just feel bad for artists. But so yeah. that's funny that this Well, they guy... just need to compete. <laughs> I mean, they do have competitors. Like, they have Prime yeah. and there's also that's YouTube music. But the they're. Same. Yeah, yeah. Spotify is just kind of the best. So but it also good. allows average. There used to be Pandora. Yeah. But Pandora, even, I, mean, I it's like. It's not I, as good anymore. Yeah. I just like Spotify because I can look up any yeah. song. And, like, I like guys I work with at work, they tell me all this old music. I'm like, I've never heard of that. Or yeah. I have. Yeah. But I don't know, like, the names of the artists in Spotify. Yeah. Like, it, like. It brings me up to speed. Totally. And, like, makes me, like, know all these different artists. I mean, you can do that with YouTube. And, yeah. But it's. YouTube. Spotify makes you so feel like, like, like it's there every single time you get in. Oh there, yeah. Know? Like, there's a few like smaller artists that I've listened to that aren't on there, but yeah, for the most part. One thing I did recently I really liked is I had the CD. I really liked the CD. It was a mix CD a friend made, but the CD is like old and it's starting to skip. But I it was able to play enough that I had it in my car stereo because that's the only place I have a CD player. And I played it. I shazammed. Do you know Shazam? Yeah, I know Shazam. So I shazammed it, and then it takes me to Spotify, and I made a playlist on Spotify that was my CD. So now it's, I just call it like the CD, 
you know. The sh- Shazam Spotify CD. Well, well, the CD was called, someone named it High School, so I just call it High School CD, but it's just like... In your Spotify, you got a folder for it. And it's yeah, yeah, it's my it. playlist that was a CD, so now I can like take all my old CDs and just make them Spotify playlists. There you go. Now that's kind of cool. Yeah, so LimeWire, so first there was Napster, and this was in, oh man, I was in high school still, so this was like 2000, 2001, Um, and then LimeWire came out when I was in college, like 2003, and at that time, you could only download one song at a time, and that was it, that was a big deal, I was going to download a song, and then it was like a couple years later, it was a huge deal when you could download a whole album of music, oh my god, you could download an album... (laughs) What what type of what type what type of uh down what type of devices were you using at the time? Like was Apple on the scene? Um, this was all on computer. Um, and then you LimeWire is a torrenting. You know, I don't know if you ever do torrenting now, but you know, there's like uTorrent. You just download the the software, and it has its own you know system that connects up and does all the stuff. It searches for the music. People put the people put music and and videos. I mean, I've. I shouldn't say, but I've definitely pirated a lot of movies on Pirate Bay. Um, other people host, so. <clears throat> but yeah, it's like its own platform. Well, I guess so Pirate Bay is like the, you know, the, the website, and then you have to have a torrenting program to, to do all of that. Um, but yeah, that was back in the day. That was so cool. Felt like such a badass. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'd use Audacity to make ringtones. Cause oh I don't this is this is like so aging me but used to be when I was a kid back in like 2005 you had to like pay for ringtones I don't know if you have to anymore but I was like this is dumb so I would just like find a song online where I would download it and then I would take I would open the file in Audacity and then I would just take a clip and I would figure out what the timing is like a ringtone is generally less than 30 seconds maybe 20 so I would get like a 30 second clip and then I would just do a fade in and fade out and then like send it to my phone and make so I would like make all my own ringtones and just stupid stupid cheesy shit and I'd be like I didn't pay for this (laughs) I did this on my own you could have got a job yeah and by the time you worked an hour, <laughs> that's uh, great. It was worth it, you know. Uh, that's awesome. Man, I gotta get some of those back. <laughs> some of your old ringtones. Yeah, I had some. I have to show you. There's, there's this one. Okay, there's two that I remember, and they were a little bit weird because I like the weird stuff. One is this video that's on YouTube, and apparently, I think it's like um, Japanese video that's teaching. Japanese people how to say English phrases um, but they did it with you got to see this they did it with like women like Japanese women doing aerobics stuff so they're like in 80s aerobics gear but then one of the videos one of the phrases is I have a bad case of diarrhea so it's this song <laughs> and it's these women in this Japanese like they're in this aerobics and they're just like I have a bad case of diarrhea I have a bad case of diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs> and that was my ringtone. Because I just thought it was hilarious. That's great. There's another one that's, um, I don't know if you've ever seen Silence of the Lambs. It's a really creepy movie with Anthony like Hopkins it. and Jodie Foster came out in like, ooh, early 90s. And it was, and it's based on a, it's based on a famous serial killer. I don't know if it's Ted Bundy or somebody, um, in the movie, Anthony Hopkins is a man who is, he, 
he was a serial killer who liked to eat his victims and he's in prison he's like in high security prison and jodie foster is like a detective and there's some other there's some other crazy serial killer on the loose and um they're trying to find him because he keeps capturing these women and killing them and so jodie foster has to go and interview anthony hopkins because he's like hey you're a serial killer you probably know how serial killers think <laughs> and so it's That's like, like the movie where the dude's like a he's a forger and then they catch him and then he where he pretends to be a doctor and he pretends to be like a a lawyer and he marries that one girl who's a nurse. That's a different movie. I don't know what that one yeah, is. Yeah, I'm just saying it's similar because he like they take him. They're like, hey, we'll let you get out of jail, but you gotta help us find these other forgers. Oh, yeah. well, they don't let Anthony Hopkins out of jail, but they let him have interviews. But so he's like tracking down. They're tracking down this other guy, who they call like Wild Bill or something. And this guy that they're trying to catch um, is apparently trying to make a skin suit. He's like capturing these big women and killing them to take their. This, sorry, this is really dark. He's like trying to make <laughs> a skin mind. suit, and so so in this movie he's captured a woman, and he has her down in this huge well, and um, he wants her skin. So he takes this bucket and he lowers down lotion and she's like screaming at him like, let me out of here. Let me out. And he's just like, it rubs the lotion on its skin or else it gets the hose again. And he says this a few times. Somebody made that into a song and that song was my ringtone. (laughs) That's great. It's so, uh, yeah. Okay. About the skin. (laughs) So my friends and I, they were talking about, <laughs> one of my friends, she was like, because we were talking about alpacas for some reason. Yeah. And she was like, what if you made, like, you took alpacas and you made, like, hats and little shirts, like, you knitted them for alpacas. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> and my buddy was like, would you want to wear, like, your own hair or whatever? Like, would you want clothings made out of you? <laughs> He's like, <laughs> I've seen people have done this with cat hair. Which is pretty gross, but they've made yarn. How do you do that? They've cat made yarn. So short. Yeah, I guess. And then they've put the fucking sweaters on the cats, and the cats are like, what are you doing to me? Why did you do this? It's kind of weird. I guess you cannot do it with human hair. I've heard a lot. I knew someone who was really into making their own yarn. Out of their own hair? Just in general. And just in general, making yarn, and they were trying to make it out of whatever you can. So you can make it. I guess the thing is with making yarn that the a hair follicle like imagine a rope like we're zooming in on the hair <laughs> powers of 10 <laughs> and the and it has to have a lot of breaks in it so that you can catch other follicles on it and it can grab onto it and like mesh together um but like human in human hair is too fine so it can you cannot you cannot knit human hair you cannot make yarn out of human hair but you can with cat hair maybe you just need a long-haired cat Someone got desperate and was like, I need a sweater. Aren't there some? All I have is cats. What do I do? <laughs> so I had like 20 cats. Yeah. They're like, I'm going to make this happen. I think there's a book work. for like felt your own cat hair. There probably yarn. is. I, I think I've seen one. Yeah. That's I can see you maybe doing it with like a curly, like a, a labradoodle. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, there's that. You could do that. 
Alpaca would be really good, though. I, I went to Peru a year ago, and there's a lot of stuff that's made out of alpaca fur because it's crazy warm for being super thin. It's, like, weird. Like, I have a scarf that's made out of it, and you just feel like this is nothing. And then you put it on, you're like, why is it so warm? Yeah. I just want to look at that under a microscope. What is going on here? Figure it it's out. It's, like, Figure magical. Out. Figure out its atomic structure exactly. and then just 3D print a bunch of Perfect. it. Perfect. Fuck yes, I'm in. I got a 3D printer. Got to oh. fi finish setting it up. What do you, you use mostly like plastics that you can like melt, right, for yours or? Yeah, I mean, so far that's all there is. Like, I was looking into metal 3D printing and they don't have that like. They, they, the they don't have they that have for like, hobbyists yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's like a $100,000 machine. It's something my, my, my cousin would use. He does like metal oh fabrication God, stuff I for totally trucks would. and whatnot. Yeah. I would love to. My, my, my brother, he was telling me this kid he went to school with, he goes to BYU, and he's telling me one of his buddies 3D printed himself like braces, <gasps> and he kept adjusting it and fixed his own teeth what? from 3D printing like multiple different, like using the okay. school's 3D printer. So well, that. okay, I have a couple questions, because I know that I, I had regular braces when I was a kid, but now they have those sort of, like, retainer things where you can get a set of them, and so I feel like, I'm, I'm curious about these, these braces, like, how did he do yeah, it? it was just a story from my brother, so I don't know the full I, details I think here, but. it would make sense if it was the, like, retainer style. That, what? Would, that would be the way to do it. Yeah, because he probably, he'd use a mold and then apparently yes. he'd, like, scan it, yep. and yeah. then he'd, like, tweak it a little yep. bit every single time. And, and it worked. That's what my brother said. Holy shit. Yeah. That is so awesome. Yeah. I love that kind of stuff. Yeah. I'm in. There, I was listening to this one podcast, and it was on um, it was on how many, like, innovations and inventions have been made just from, like, on the homestead front. Like, uh, yeah. from, like, farmers and stuff just being innovative. Yeah. Because it's something they needed. Sure. Like, that's... Is there a lot? Yeah, there's, a, there's like, a, they're going, like, through lists of inventions and oh, stuff from, like... Yeah, it's just people who need, who had a need, who just yeah. filled it by yeah. being innovative and yeah. and making something. Yeah. Ugh. So I got a 3D printer. I haven't finished setting it up. Actually, Boris helped me build it. Apparently, there's an issue with the um, the filament is not sticking to itself, so there's maybe some temperature adjustments. But the reason I bought it is because I was so not stoked about all this mask wearing for COVID. And so I was like, okay, what are the weird things or what are the innovative things we can do to make this better? And there's a bunch of different ideas that I've had. Like, one of them is, now they're making, some people... Make are, a Darth Vader mask? No. Um, <laughs> that's, like, the next level. That's, I'm getting there. First is, so I've seen that they've made, they've made um, screens that are, like, on a flexible material. That, that is still, like, they have these phones now that are, that can fold. I don't remember who it is. HTC. I don't remember who did it. But so it's like a proof of concept that now you don't need to have a hard flat surface to, to be the OLED display or whatever. They can do it on this like special surface that they've created that's more flexible. So I was like, shit, let's put that on your face. You can put a screen on your mask. And then what would you put on the screen? And this is what I've talked about with all these electronics people. Like, well, one of the things is I don't know how well this would work, but if you have sensors of your face underneath, and you could put an image of your face on top. You're like smiling. It senses your face move up. Yeah. So you got... Yeah. And it, it shows that. Or my friend Arsenio was like, I would put a video game on it. And you have two people. And like maybe you have some kind of remote or something. But you just face to face are playing video games on each other's screens. <laughs> like that would be a fun one. Or I imagine that you have like something inside the mask that does um, text, uh, speech to text. 
and say you're in a really loud place and, and you want to talk already, to a your person. Your voice is already muffled from the mask. I know. So. so, so I'm gonna say something to you, and then it will it will write the words on it. That'd be so cool. So we, you could read it. We saw this deaf who was, this kid was actually fully deaf. I mean, I'm half deaf. Sure. And and I should know ASL, but I don't. But oh, okay. This guy, he was fully deaf, and he and he was born that way. And I, that would be super cool if people yeah. had masks that like yep. said what they were saying. That'd be yeah. so much more efficient for yeah. him to like. Right. Just talk. read it. Yeah. Yeah. So that so that's a whole um, train of thoughts. But then I was thinking. So another way I've seen people go with the masks is having it clear. Um, people have made masks where there's a kind of um, the plastic that has a oh, coating I... on it that's like anti-fog, and then you just have like the filter around the edges. Mm -hmm. And so I was like trying to kind of riff off of that. Um, I also don't like when the fabric is so close to your mouth. So I want something that gives you like a gap, like maybe an inch gap. So here's what I think. Like you have something that's clear on the front, but then you need to build up a frame so that you can have that so that it's like farther out like this. So maybe it is sort of like a Darth Vader, but I would get creative. And so like, say it starts out here and it comes out like, like this far. And then I don't know, fuck it. Why not make it look like an animal face or something? Like make, why, why not it make it look weird and, and creative? And, and so that's why I got the 3D printer because I want to print some weird shit. There you, you go. could put like, space to put the filters around the edges of the like grizzly bear face or like the duck bill or whatever it is and you still have room to like talk and yeah maybe you could figure out some acoustics with it oh yeah you could make it a little harmonica you could put little buttons up top and you could be like or no like a little piano keys you could, you could put all the keys right here so you could be like Oh my god. And it'd have little speakers on the bottom and you could play like this. Or I thought of okay, so um like an elephant. Um okay, so there's a thing that I have. I have a I three D printed a little phone holder. It's just a, a simple little stand. But I went on Thingiverse. Fucking Thingiverse is amazing. Like I don't have to make anything because everybody else has already three D modeled so much stuff. And so I just printed this thing from Thingiverse on my, my work three D printer. Um but I saw these other uh, phone cases or phone phone stands um, that had like a built-in amplifier speaker. And so it's got the case and then the speaker sits at the bottom of it and then it just kind of goes out into a speaker shape and it's sort of like a passive amplifier. Oh yeah, it amplifies it by just making it bigger and bigger. But, yeah, and so I'm like, well, let's do that with a mask and make it like an elephant or like Trump. make some kind of funny thing. I would totally do that. So when you talk, it's just really fucking loud. It's just like, yeah. Duh. Hey, and guys. <laughs> it's like the megaphone's just on your face. You got an echo mask? Yeah. Why not? <sighs> I mean, what other things could you do? You could have it, like, go around to the side. You could, like, you could have it be, like, an elephant thing, and then you, like, only talk to your friend and, like, have it faced into their ear. I don't know. Like, I would just do all the weird, fun things I could think of with it. I like this harmonica. Why not? I saw a mask, a, a bunch of masks. This is just regular fabric, but um, for people who play instruments in like orchestras and that have um, you know instruments where you use your mouth, and there's a zipper just on the mouth, and so they're playing like a clarinet, and apparently it really makes a difference. Like, yeah, it's a zipper, but but it doesn't let any of the air out around it, and so they're like just the little hole for like your clarinet. Well, that's kind of fun. You could put your little like amplifier tube right there. <laughs> I 
know. Wait, does your does your clarinet have to have a filter now so that it doesn't get on the other other end? Yeah, (laughs) you're right. Okay. Have a filter on the exit of the clarinet. Party pooper comment. (laughs) No, I mean, see, that's what I'm all about. That's another thing I like about engineering. You take something that's like everybody hates it, and you're like, how can we make this really fun? Yeah, that's well, engineering. I just like the engineering mindset because you just. You can apply it to anything, whether you're, like, so my hobbies are, like, firefighting or MMA. Like, you can, you can take it and, my like, break down what. <laughs> yeah, well, that's it's just, hobby. yeah, well, it's a volunteer fire department, so. Oh, that's nice, wow. But it's, well, because all, um, county fire departments, most of them are volunteer because mm. i don't know what wow. i need to get more into why it is volunteer that's not true in seattle because i know i knew someone who was a firefighter here and he made a lot of money and he only worked a couple days a week so well that's well that's in seattle yeah i'm talking about county like, well so if you move to seattle and you're like fuck engineering you could just be a firefighter and make like 100 grand a year work like four days a week or four days a month like some real you're like on call i just know someone who did that he made a lot of money and he did not work very many hours it seemed like the best deal ever but firefighters you have to be like i know you can you well you have to like all my hobbies are just like you can die (laughs) 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 like being at the refinery it's like if this thing blows up you're dead um that's that's all there is to it um if you shock yourself uh you might be dead you like to live on the edge (laughs) i I don't know but about I try to be as safe as possible. <laughs> I want to live. <laughs> uh, uh. Hmm. But Does I don't know. Help that. I don't know. I just like the engine. It's just a proactive mindset. It's like, what yeah. can be better about this? Yeah. What can, how can I manipulate this mm-hmm. for it to be more efficient or more effective? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you think in leverage. You think in terms of physics. Mm-hmm. Which is. I, I don't know. I try and think of everything's kind of in terms of physics and mechanics. If I if I'm trying to break something down, yeah, 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 like into its its parts, because mm-hmm. we're a whole in a part, <laughs> or we're or we're a bunch of parts that are a whole. Uh-huh. Totally. I think I wrote that down in my journal yesterday. <laughs> I have so many quotes or Aww. just dumb thoughts I've had yeah. in here. Yeah. Yeah. Somewhere in there. Have you done any fun engineering things for yourself outside of school? Um, yeah, I mean, learning-wise, yes. And then also, like, I like to work on my cars and the nice. cow stuff. But, I mean, you could consider that construction or you could consider that automobile. I don't know. I think of engineering very broadly, I guess. Yeah, it is, totally. Because it's just application of mathematics and science, which is things that we've learned worked and don't work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But have you just made anything quirky and fun? Uh, I make, well, I do that a lot. I've, I've built a pull-up swing out of, so I live in a barn in the woods. No big deal. <laughs> well, and there, there's a lot of, like, scrap wood laying around, like, yeah. cool pieces of wood and slab. Like, I've built tables and stuff. Um, I used to live at Lowe's, basically. Wow, nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was always buying stuff out of there. And uh, I just drilled, like, two, like, uh, half-inch holes through this, like, just wood slant piece or whatever. It's, mm-hmm. like, a cylinder-shaped piece of wood. Yeah, yeah. I made a pull-up bar out of that. Cool. I did two half-inch things, and then I took a rope, like, climbing rope, 
and I burnt the ends of it so that it wouldn't fray. Ooh, nice. Yeah, and I use that as a pull-up bar. And then I also have a swing. Aww. Yeah, so I have those hanging inside the... Have you made any, like, modifications, like, electronics-wise? I haven't done really... I mean, I've tried to fix watch. So everything I do is kind of... Pra like, I try and be as... Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It's to save money or be practical. Well, totally. Of. Okay, so I'm thinking, like, I just put a dimmer switch in line with a, um, a lamp I have, but the light that's in it is, like, I think it might be LED, and it flickers. And I just noticed that I just got the dimmer switch, and I'm, like, seeing the flickering. And today while I'm working at my computer, I'm like, I got to put a capacitor in line with this, and I got to, like, size it the right way so that I can get rid of the flickering. Nice. You know? And so, like, I'm talking to Boris, and he's always like oh i just want to tweak this one thing here like here's these two these like lights up here and they each are just like string lights with their own stupid box that has a battery pack but then you, the battery pack is like in addition to the plug and mm -hmm. then i don't need the battery pack and it's two and so i totally have like took taken some time to think like can i cut this, these battery packs out and like make my own little circuit board and just like bypass all of I, this and like 3d print a box to go around it and i think about all that stuff all the time but my like actual like doing it you're still in school so why well, well working in school yeah yeah you're like super busy that makes it harder yeah. to Fuck but around. I do have ideas like that pretty yeah. much, yeah, all the time. Like, this could be so much How better. How streamline this? Yeah, or, like, putting cameras out or doing this or, like, building, yeah. like, trying to make an EV. Like, I really want to make an electric van. I'm working. Whoa, nice. Yeah, because it'd be so sweet because hmm. you could just travel the world, put some solar panels on top of your yeah, van and go nice. charge wherever. Uh -huh. And Yeah, I'm really into the whole, like, there's so much van life stuff, especially yeah. on YouTube. Oh, and, like, God. Yeah. yeah, I have friends who, have, who do that. That's that's cool. Yeah. Well, maybe not the electric ver version yet, but... I want to do that. That's... Yeah. yeah. You have to get light, yeah. though. That's yeah. The thing. Just because of... Yeah, and solar is not super potent, unfortunately. Potent? Uh, well, you can't get enough of it to Right, I mean, I mean, like, it, it's not going to charge your batteries that much. No, it's It'll not. It'll do a little bit. Regener so I know for bikes, there's, like, regenerative braking... So I wonder if you could do something like that. Well, I think well, actually that's what, Well, that's what mo well Tesla, whenever you right. stop... And, yeah. And in... Um, they do have regenerative Prius's, braking. Yeah, it's yeah. just inductor. It's like yeah. when your your motor goes in the opposite direction, it's just recharging. Yeah, 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 exactly. So yeah, I so think... that would help. You could do a little wind <laughs> on the... Just like on yeah, the just corners. a little turbine a little, as yeah, you're driving. <laughs> but then it might take away because it'll add drag oh, to your shit. car, so... Okay, it'll we'll make it, it it'll make car. it more efficient, but oh, also make it more less. deep. Yeah. yeah. Damn it. What else could we do? But no, I wasn't, I didn't think the solar, the solar panels definitely, it'd just be like a nice, oh, Bonus. if you, if you're not paying attention to the gauge, like, sure. like, you know, like if you're not paying attention to your gas gauge or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be like, ah, oh, crap. I got to wait 30 minutes just to get yeah. to the next station. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. That's cool. I want to make, um, well, I know some people are making this. So I have a pilot's license, right? But I don't really fly because it's expensive. But I, I'm stoked about the thoughts of the, like, car plane converter things. I don't know if you've ever seen those. They've made at least, man, and this has been a long time, 10 back, years ago. Back to the future. Like, proof of concept, like a little one person. It would be like a smart car, like a kind of tiny car. I've actually but seen... But these, like, the wings fold in, and then it becomes a car, and then they fold out, and then it's a little plane. 
And I'm just like, oh, what other kind of weird shit like this? And then you make it like a boat too, like an amphibious car plane boat. Why not? And then just one step above that would be like a rocket. You, Perfect. You got a rocket car. Here we car, go. No, a tether. But, I don't know. Yeah, it's, tether, <laughs> it's a tether. Have you ever seen the game Just Cause? No. It's this, okay, it's this retarded game where <laughs> your guy, it's like one of those, it's like a Grand Theft Auto game. Okay. But on crack. Yeah, oh wow. So Already the, it's on crack. Okay. <laughs> so you have tethers, like you have a slingshot, like your link yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And you can just grapple anywhere and you can grapple cars. And Whoa. To like, you can add a tether from that chair to there and you can like make it. Slingshot, shit. And you have unlimited parachutes. And you oh can my god. Hijack planes. And oh my god. You need tethers that are as strong as that guy's tethers. Yeah. Is. Well, I guess that's what carbon filament's supposed to be like. Carbon nanotubes. Yeah. I don't know if it really is. Ball fondlers. That's what it makes me think of. Ball it's on uh, Rick. It's one of the shows they like to watch on Rick and Morty, on the interdimensional oh, cable. Yeah. It's just the dudes like shooting like machine guns on helicopters and like I just imagine them with these fucking tethers doing <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that game is. Me and my brothers will play it. It's... <laughs> it's, it's just one of those games where it's like nothing left to do alright yeah nice back in high school Oh, that's fun yeah well I'm getting cold now yeah it's getting chilly unfortunately I'm having to like I <laughs> know I, sh- I, I offer you something you I'm got good a jam- I have a jacket. sweater in my car okay I'll be good alright well it's 9 o'clock oh my mom I gotta call my mom Oh. She called me. How did you how'd you meet my mom in Kwan? I met your mom at a party last year. Um, and she was a photographer. And um, I, I went there with my boyfriend at the time and we got some pictures. It was like it was Chris it was like a Christmas I don't even remember. Your mom would know what the party is. There was a guy who was dressed like a sexy Santa Claus, like he had just like Santa Claus's like pants on and he was like ripped with like tattoos and he was like sitting on this couch and then she was the photographer that like for the event was like and so she posed me and and my boyfriend and santa claus and and she was just a lot of fun um and i think i connected her through facebook and then mez had a birthday party uh his birthday is close to yours actually yeah february something what's mine's second groundhog day um, I don't remember exactly what day it is, but it's sometime in early February. Like, I know you're both Aquarius. And so he had a birthday party. He had a joint birthday party with my ex, Galen, who's also Aquarius. And so we had a big party here. It was like the last party we had before coronavirus. And your mom came and Quan came. And we just had a fun time chatting. Nice. And, um, I guess she likes my Facebook stuff. <laughs> Yeah. They post all the ridiculous art and stuff. She had she had high opinions of you. I'm I'm very flattered. <laughs> Cuz I haven't hung out with her a lot, but I I I would love to. I mean, it's, I guess it's sort of a bummer she moved. I mean, I'd love to go yeah. visit her. Yeah, she was spot. talking about you coming out to their their oh Vegas spot. Yeah, because she's like, I have all this stuff. It would be perfect for the artist. Come come and like what Yeah, they're she doing a, a bunch of artsy and stuff and they're going out to the rock spots. It's like yeah. Mars out there. Oh my god, I've seen all her pictures of her like jewelry. It just looks amazing. Oh yeah, I'm gonna bring her a bunch of copper. I have a bunch oh, of copper stored perfect. up at my spot. Yeah, yeah from from Lowe's. <laughs> no, I'm from jobs, like, yeah. <laughs> from but Lowe's. might as well. It's all like from electronics and electrician stuff yeah lots of copper wire 
Yeah, your big, mom's big awesome. Four gauge wire. What well, a funny off. world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm glad. I mean, I try and I'm trying to find as many EEs out there so I can yeah learn more. There's actually a few EE podcasts that are kind of interesting. They talk a lot about uh, oscilloscopes and Heck whatnot. Yes. Yeah. I have this book that's like uh, from the 50s on how oscilloscopes work. And I like got into collecting some of the older like ham radio books and stuff. And I have my own personal thoughts Bounce on... Bounce waves off the stratosphere. <laughs> I have my own personal thoughts on, like, the way that I was taught electronics was not very good because, again, I didn't have a lot of hands-ons. Like, I, I think a lot of electronics techs um, or electrical engineering techs almost jump too quickly into the abstract without, like, grounding it on... Like, I like to know the history of science, the history of engineering. Well, that's how you figure out how someone found out what yeah. it is that they why figured out. Why do we have out. these weird specific like, why do we, things? Why is there an amp? Why is there a yeah. volt? Why do, they why do they directly correlate? And, and so I just remember learning, like, here's this component. Here's this, you know, here's this diode, and this is what it does. And this is what you can use in a circuit. And I'm like, why did we do this particular thing and not all these other things, you know? And so these, but so anyway, these old books from like the forties and fifties on electrical like theory and electronics, they are legit. They will tell you, ah, oh, these people fucked around and this worked and this didn't work. And then someone eventually found this thing. And then that they used, you know, like how, how did, uh, what were they called? Vacuum tubes. Like, dude, vacuum tubes are so fucking cool. You should talk to Boris. He wants to do, it's not exactly vacuum tubes, but, um, He's like really into make. He wants to make like an analog synthesizer and like what other kind of cool things that you can do with what seem now like archaic electronics um, components. And so, so well, anyway, vacuum tubes. That's how we made the original computers. That's what uh, like they were using as transistors back. Yeah. Then. So there's really cool properties of them, and we don't even use it anymore. Everything's now supplanted by the newest chip and everything, and FPGA everything. But it's cool. I don't know. It's cool to see. That's the thing I think was missing for my education is, um, and it's so, it's so embedded in engineering is the fact that there's not one way to do it. Mm -hmm. There's a shit ton of different ways to do it and they all have their pros and cons. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's lots, lots of creative new ways. Well, that's why there's so many different vehicles because yeah. one does something better than yeah. the other vehicles do it. Yeah. And if you make one that's like a hybrid, it doesn't do either things better than the other two. <gasps> That might be my Tamagotchi. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta go tend to your kid. I have to go. Alright. Okay, well, it's been really nice chatting with yes. you. Nice Thanks chatting for, with uh, you as well. Asking me questions. I'll figure out a name for this podcast eventually. Okay, is it still recording? Yeah, I think so. You'll have to send it to me. Wow, we've been talking for almost two hours. Bang, bang. Alright. <laughs> Alright, have a good night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying that.